morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran. We are still in the season of Epiphany, and today I'm going to be preaching on the Old Testament text for the lectionary selection for today. So we will be looking at Jonah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 and verse 10. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast, and everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. But when God saw what they had done, how they had turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Franklin Graham, the son of evangelist Billy Graham, is the head of the international organization Samaritan's Purse and the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He leads evangelism crusades like his father did. However, there was a time when no one would have believed he would devote his life to serving God. As a teenager, Franklin dropped out of his Christian private school to later attend a private high school, and he was expelled from his first college. He became a Christian at 22, was 26 when he finally earned his BA, and 30 when he was ordained. As a young man, he was a wild, hard-drinking, smoking biker who drove too fast. Nonetheless, God and his father waited patiently until he came around and was ready to serve the Lord. God gave Franklin a second chance to get his life right. Now, this is nothing new. In the Bible, we see so many examples of God giving someone a second chance. One of the most dramatic examples of second chances is Peter. After declaring his undying devotion to Jesus, Peter quickly denied Jesus three times in a do-or-die moment. However, Jesus did not give up on Peter. He gave Peter three chances to reaffirm his devotion. And Peter went on to be a great evangelist, baptizing 3,000 after one sermon. We see King David, who went down in history as the greatest king ever of the nation Israel. Yet he committed adultery and then committed murder as part of the cover-up. And God gave him a second chance. Who could forget Paul? who was a rabid persecutor of Christians before God gave him a second chance. And he went down in history as one of the greatest evangelists ever. We have Abraham, who twice denied his wife to save his skin. 
and Rahab, the prostitute, who became the great, 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 great and on grandmother of Jesus. And in today's Old Testament lesson, we have Jonah. Today's text starts with, Then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. By the way, Jonah is the only prophet who is called twice. So we need to back up and look at the rest of the story. The book of Jonah is only two pages long. It starts with the word of the Lord coming to Jonah, telling him, to go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Nineveh was the incredibly powerful capital city of the Assyrian Empire, and Assyria was known for its cruelty, and it was Israel's greatest enemy at that time. In size, it was greater than Babylon, measuring 48 square miles. Other writings tell us that there were 1,500 watchtowers around the city. It had a population of about 120,000. Point number one, Jonah hated the Ninevites, as did most Israelites. He did not want them to repent because they just might do it, and God just might save them. He did not want them to repent and be saved. He wanted to see God smite them with his mighty hand because they deserved it. So Jonah runs in the opposite direction to run away from God. Now anyone who went to Sunday school as a child knows what happened next. Jonah boards a ship bound for Tarshish. That was not God's plan. So he sends a violent storm that threatens to break up the ship. Jonah tells the sailors the storm is his fault for running away from God. Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. The sailors reluctantly throw Jonah into the sea and the raging sea grows calm. Now God is not done with Jonah. Rather than allowing Jonah to drown, God sends a great fish to swallow him. After three days of praying in the belly of the fish, the Lord commands the fish to vomit Jonah onto dry land. Now, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. And Jonah obeys this time. He goes to Nineveh. It takes him three days to proclaim throughout the city. Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Perhaps the shortest sermon ever recorded. It's a sermon of five words in Hebrew. Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Lo and behold, the people of Nineveh repent. Even such a brutal city, called a city of bloodshed by the prophet Nahum, is not beyond the power of the Spirit of God to soften their hearts to repent. Immediately, the people of Nineveh believe God and declare a fast, and all, even the animals, fast and wear sackcloth to show their remorse. And even the king joins in. In fact, their repentance is greater than any ever demonstrated by the people of Israel. Everyone repents, except Jonah. 
part two. Point number two, God does not play favorites. No matter who, God is willing to extend grace and mercy. Scripture says he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Jonah should be ecstatic. He is the most successful prophet in the whole Bible. The results of his pathetic sermon were astounding. Instead of rejoicing over the saving of all these lost souls, Jonah goes off to a hillside to pout. He wanted the people of Nineveh destroyed. They deserved it. In chapter 4, his response to God is, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. The reality is that each of us needs to face the ways we try to lay claim to God and his gift of grace. From whom do we withhold the gospel message of repent and be saved? Because we have decided they do not deserve the right to repent. They do not deserve God's grace. And you're right. They do not deserve God's grace. Neither do you. No one deserves God's grace. That's what makes it grace. God offers it while we do not deserve it. But we do not have the right to make that decision. Leave it in God's hands. And speaking of grace, notice what God did for Jonah. As part of Jonah's second chance, God took Jonah from being fish vomit to restoring him the honor of being a prophet of Almighty God. Point number three, we do not have to be worthy for God to use us. Jonah was filled with hate, and even then God was able to use him. Jonah's sermon was not just less than inspiring, it was pathetic. But it was given in obedience to God's call, and God blessed it to mighty works. It's not about our ability. It is about God. We may stumble over our words. We may be a poor example of what a Christian looks like. We may not have all the answers to the unbeliever's questions. We may not especially like the person to whom we are called to witness. And still, God can use you and bless your message. Point number four. Will you offer second chances? Will there be room for others? We claim we want to spread the gospel to all peoples. We claim we want the world's Ninevites to turn to God. But what if they do? They may want to join our church family. Will there be room for them? Is there room in your pew for a different sexual orientation? For jailhouse tattoos and body piercings? 
Is there room for a burqa? For a political fanatic of that other party? For the gang member or the smelly, dirty street person? Because God is calling you to love even him, even her. Can you? Will you? Remember, God loves even you and me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, grant that as insecure or fearful as we may be, as unprepared as we may be to follow where you call us, may we follow the example of Jonah to obey you in everything and every calling, that no matter what the evil one and the world may throw in our path, we would be strengthened by relying on your power and promised protection. We claim your promise that your Holy Spirit will be with us when we share the message of salvation that he will provide the courage and the right words for the occasion, that he will do the saving. We need only show up when you call. May we obey so that your name will be glorified in us and that we may be partakers of the glory you have promised to your faithful servants. Through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.